що глянули в душу колись. Тих мої сподівання й надії, дивним карбом навік запеклись. Я взяв тих очей таємницю, Наче воду з ясної криниці, щоб розклюпати людям житті. І дивились на мене ті очі. Як веселки з-під майя Тож диханням твоїм Я не людею в житті Я не людею в житті Я не людею в житті Обігрію From their most recent album, Elohorii Tapisni Pro Kochania, Allegories and Love Songs, that was Previtz from Montreal with the lyrics of Ukrainian poet Andriy Moleshko, put to music created and arranged by Previtz. And the song was called Yalublu Tvoji Ochi Umriyi, I Love Your Eyes. Dobri vechuri vitayu vas vsih dorihi radio suhechi na radio programu nash holos radio krinsko hokorinya katra podiyatsivam na bahatomovni radio stansi AM 1320 CHMB umisti Vancouveri. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina, diakuyushchori shole prabutezimnoyu na stupno hodenu.
Hello there and welcome to Nosh Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host, Paulina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got uh, an interesting program for you today. Uh, we've dug into the Nosh Holos Audio Archives for um, something that's quite timely, a timely anniversary, that has some reflection in the feature interview that will be coming up in the second half of the program with Gene Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps. And he'll be giving us an update on what's happening behind the scenes in the war in Ukraine. So stay tuned for all of that. As well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is Ukrainian singer Mariana Sadovska with the cycle of spring calling songs from Polisia. Oh, 
Ти дівчата, дітки молодиці, ой, дітки молоді, будемо скакати, зиму проводжати, ой, зиму проводжати, йди зиму, дай до Тульщина, ой, бо ти вже жена надокучила, ой, надокучила. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shurchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shurchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. Canada's National Ukrainian Festival returns to Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. It's three incredible days of Ukrainian music, dancing, food, and interactive family fun with amazing dance groups and fantastic party bands on four feature stages. Celebrate Ukrainian culture at the Salah Festival site near Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. Order your day, weekend, and camping passes online at cnuf.ca. Не плаче, не журися, краще зазвонила, бо помолися, краще зазвонила, бо помолися. Світить місяць над водою, а сонця нема. Oh, oh, oh. 
Musical sensation Kozak Siromaha, an actual modern-day Ukrainian Kozak, singing a traditional Ukrainian folk song from the Kozak era of a few centuries back. Zatsvistale Kozachenka, Wake Up, You Kozaks. And now, Ukrainian Jewish heritage on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Discovering unknown and untold stories from the past and present of Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage. This is Paulina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. This episode first aired in 2019 and is still timely today. Stories continue to surface about people in Ukraine and surrounding areas who saved Jews from the Nazis during the Holocaust in World War II. Each one of them is heartrending and inspiring in its own unique way. But one story that has emerged very recently is particularly astonishing. It's the story of a Crimean Tatar woman who saved the lives of 88 Jewish children not once, but twice. First from the Nazi Gestapo, and again two years later, from the Soviet secret police, the NKVD. The story has come to light as the result of a film recently released in Ukraine and screened in Canada and the United States. The film recounts events of the Holocaust, but through the prism of another genocide, the 1944 deportation of the Crimean Tatars, which itself has come to light only recently. In April of 1944, Soviet forces regained control of Crimea after more than two years of Nazi occupation. But almost immediately after the peninsula was liberated, it faced a new wave of repression from its liberators. In May of 1944, on orders of Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin, Crimean Tatars were deported en masse. Many died in transit or were killed by the NKVD. Many others perished from inhumane treatment and conditions during transit and resettlement. The Ukrainian film Chuja Moletva, which translates as A Prayer of Strangers, or Alien Prayer, tells this tragic but inspiring story of the rescue of dozens of Jewish children twice during World War II. The story is based on real-life historical events and characters. Sadie Arafova was a Crimean Tatar woman running a kindergarten in the small city of Bekchisarai when the Nazis invaded the Crimean Peninsula in 1941. As they were being rounded up by the Nazis, the Jews of Bekchisarai tried to save their children by sending them into hiding. Some of the children found Sadie Arafova's kindergarten and sought refuge there. Deathly afraid, at first she refused but compassion won, and she agreed to shelter them. 
Since the Nazis had recently ordered her to harbor the street children of Bakchisarai, her kindergarten had become essentially an orphanage. So Sadie hid the Jewish children in plain sight. She did this by giving them each a Crimean Tatar identity. She forged documents and switched identities by tampering with state documents to give them each a new name and life story. She taught them Islamic and Tatar traditions so they could pass as Crimean Tatars. To complete the picture, she taught them how to pray like Crimean Tatars. It was a dangerous move in a dangerous time. The Nazis were constantly suspicious and always on the lookout for Jews. At one point, they called Sadie in for questioning and beat her savagely. But she held fast to her story. The true identities of the Jewish children remained secret until the end of the Nazi occupation. This daring rescue saved the Jewish children from the Nazis. It also saved them from the next unexpected wave of terror by the Soviets. But this second time, Sadie's luck ran out. No sooner had the Red Army liberated the Crimean Peninsula from the Nazis, it unleashed its own murderous attack on innocent civilians. This time, the target was the Crimean Tatars. Stalin ordered them deported en masse on the false accusation of having collectively collaborated with the Nazis. Over 180,000 Crimean Tatars, nearly 20% of the peninsula's entire population, was deported. They were herded into crowded, uncomfortable, and unsanitary train cars on virtually no notice in a matter of just three days. Crimean Tatar men fighting in the Red Army were demobilized and sent into labor camps in Siberia and in the Ural Mountains. Civilians were shipped off to Uzbekistan in Central Asia and remote regions in Russia. The majority of the civilian deportees were women, children, and the elderly. Conditions of the transfer were exceedingly harsh and fatal for many of them. The weakest ones soon succumbed to malnutrition, thirst, cold, overcrowding, and infectious diseases in transit and in the ill-prepared settlement camps. It is estimated that up to half perished within the first 18 months of exile. Sadie Arafova and her entire orphanage were about to be hauled away by the NKVD when she revealed the long-hidden birth certificates of her Jewish charges. The NKVD let the Jewish children go, but Sadie and the Crimean Tatar children were shipped off to Uzbekistan. It was only after Ukraine gained independence in 1991 that Sadie was able to return to her hometown of Bakhtisarai in Crimea. She passed away in 2007. Just a few years later, history would repeat itself. The Kremlin struck again in 2014, and today Russia once again occupies Crimea. Ironically, the second Russian occupation of Crimea has helped to shed light on the first and on the genocide that followed. As scholars became aware of it, they pushed to open secret archives, and survivors began to speak of it. A popular Ukrainian singer of Crimean Tatar descent released a song which won the 2016 Eurovision contest, much to the chagrin of the Kremlin. The lyrics for Jamila's song 1944 is based on the story of her great-grandmother, who was deported in 1944. It became the theme song for the film Chuja Moletva, A Prayer of Strangers.
The director of A Prayer of Strangers is a Crimean Tatar himself, born in exile in Uzbekistan in 1972. He knows the Crimean Tatar Muslim prayer well. Some episodes of the film are based on his own family's stories. During the Soviet era, it was forbidden to even mention the 1944 Crimean deportation. Now, despite the displeasure of the Kremlin's current occupants, the story is nonetheless becoming better known outside Russia. But in Russian-occupied Crimea today, Tatars still living there are again forbidden to hold public commemoration of the victims of the deportation in their native land. And they face repressions which are little known and seldom reported in the Western media. Because of the Russian occupation of Crimea, filming was done in mainland Ukraine and in neighboring Georgia, which has a similar topography to Crimea. Filming was done in Russian, German, and Georgian, and later dubbed in Ukrainian. It was released in Ukrainian theaters in 2017. The following year, 2018, it was released with English subtitles and the title 87 Strangers. It screened in Toronto and Ottawa in the fall of 2018 by Crimean Tatar organizations in Canada in cooperation with the Ukrainian-Canadian Film Festival. It has also been screened by a few Jewish organizations in the United States. In a future episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, we will air an interview with Adrian Zwicker, an Austrian actor who played the role of the Nazi SS officer in the film Chuja Moletva, A Prayer of Strangers. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage. Please join us again on a future episode for the continuation of the story. Until then, Shalom. Join us again soon for another episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Cries. You think you are God, but everyone dies. Don't swallow my soul. Our souls.
2016 Eurovision winning entry by Ukraine, performed by Crimean Tatar singer Jamila, and the story of the Kremlin's genocide against Crimean Tatars in 1944. Up next from Winnipeg, Paris Takeyev from their album called Variances. Here they are with Dance 2. Thank you. 
Ви слухайте радіопрограму «Наш голос» Радіо Кринського Коріння. При микрофоні Павліна. You're listening to «Наш голос» Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Павліна. Canada's National Ukrainian Festival returns to Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. It's three incredible days of Ukrainian music, dancing, food, and interactive family fun with amazing dance groups and fantastic party bands on four feature stages. Celebrate Ukrainian culture at the Salah Festival site near Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. Order your day, weekend, and camping passes online at cnuf.ca. Ukraine is under deadly attack, and Ukraine War Amps is asking for your help with a tax-deductible donation today. Funds are desperately needed by Ukrainian defenders for bulletproof jackets, helmets, walkie-talkies, food, water and gas, and by civilians, including children, for food, water and medications, and when possible, escape to safety. Please donate today to Ukraine War Amps via PayPal, e-transfer to ukrainewaramps at gmail.com, or visit ukrainewaramps.ca. Since 2014, Toronto-based Ukraine War Amps has been helping wounded Ukrainian veterans and the families of the fallen in Russia's war against Ukraine. In recent weeks, Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps has been keeping us updated on their efforts to help Ukrainian defenders and survivors of this diabolical attack on their country. Hi, Jean. Thanks for joining us again, and uh, thanks for keeping us updated on the realities of this war that the news and social media is not interested in. Yeah, it's my privilege. Now, in the past few weeks, you've shared some astounding stories about Ukrainians surviving the winter without heating and electricity, about the devastation of Ukrainian forests and conflict timber, and the West complicity in that trade, about volunteers stepping up and, despite their limited personal resources, are supporting the troops that their government and other Western governments aren't. You've no end of inspiring and uplifting accounts of courage, determination, and resourcefulness. And today you've got another surprising report. Yeah, we spoke uh, probably like uh, a month ago. And um, this period in May and uh, early June, uh, been uh, a lot of uh, commemorative events happened. And I just uh, wanted briefly to remind ourselves that on May 18, actually, it was 79 years genocide against Crimean Tatars carried out by uh, Moscow regime back then in 1944. Right. And uh, we should remember that on May the 18th, Crimean Tatars overnight been taken from their homes, given maybe 15 to, to 20 minutes to one hour to take wherever they belonging can manage to take with them and um, going to Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and uh, I believe uh, at least quarter of uh, of the population couldn't survive that way to faraway place. Yeah. And whatever villages they didn't take back then, they just drown them in the sea. So that's uh, just another story, the uh, crime uh, against humanity committed by Moscow, and that same regime that actually blown up that dam. Yes, yeah. I'm not talking about yesterday, I'm talking about 1941. Yes. Dnipro we called back in the days, and I've seen numbers like quarter million Ukrainians being drawn back then by that wave of 5 mm. to 20 meter high. Yeah. And here we are, unfortunately, 
We are remote witnesses of the similar event which happened yesterday, and obviously it's happening nighttime. People, people just see water. People just in the bed. They see water rising. They don't understand where they are, what to do, etc. Yeah, that's that's the intention. That's how it's always been carried out by Moscow regime. Shocking. So oh, I just yeah. wanted, yeah, before we go on with Ukraine ramps, we need to mention this uh, background just to explain why our organization was born back in 2014. What was the background? Why we decided back then in 2014 that Ukraine again essentially at the war with Russia and uh, crimes against humanity on the way. And we stepped in just to provide relief and help our heroes, our volunteers in Ukraine. Jean, you said that this is a people's war. I've, I've asked you in the past, um, you know, where is all the money going that you know, the governments are sending to Ukraine? And you, you said that the, the army, the government will do what they do, but a war is won by the people. You know, again, um, I can speak mostly about Ukraine wimps and our philosophy as uh, people love help, helping people, Mm -hmm. people like helping others. And that's exactly what we do. Canadian government, I believe, can help Ukrainian government, etc. We, on our level, we help people like us in Ukraine who is fighting for their motherland, who is fighting for their families, for their lives, who is defending Ukraine and democratic societies in Europe. Mm-hmm. So on our level, our philosophy, our approach is actually go directly to a wounded, to a Ukrainian amputee and help go to family who lost their breadwinner on the war and help that particular family. That's what we do and that's what our supporters do and they like doing that because they see faces, they see people, particular people, they help by whatever donation was made. Yeah, they're seeing seeing something being done or they're relieving somebody's misery and... Um, and misfortune. Yeah, but also, you know, we are lucky and privileged in a way we can do it. Mm-hmm. It's not always been possible. Just, uh, you know, remember probably uh, the times of World War Two when uh, Ukrainian uh, insurgent army was fighting for their motherland and uh, it was little to no help available from overseas. Right. Yeah, that's true. So I would say all of us, we are lucky living in times when it's possible. That's true. And sometimes it's possible in second talking about uh, like uh, Western Union or kind of money transfer facilities. Mm-hmm. And I want to add that even in February and March 2022, when times were most uh, like uncertain, we still were able to help in a fast manner because time matters and uh, you know help was possible and we made it happen we helped families to evacuate to escape uh, to escape from russia mm-hmm. etc and you know i just uh, look in a positive way we are lucky we live in times when it's possible and ukraine is not left on its own to right. face russia yeah 
you know, we, we, all, we can reach to them. It's something that's unbelievable. Instead of writing letters like it's been done years ago and mm-hmm. waiting for weeks and months, we can communicate. I could uh, talk directly to defenders in Kiev in uh, Feb and March 2022. And they would tell me what, what the needs are, what, what they can get and what they cannot, etc. So times are very different. And mm. this war is very different because we are witnessing it all. Yeah, It's not, it's not yeah. like a regime, a Moscow regime can say it was no Holodomor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, like uh, we're trying to prove for nature that it was. Yeah. Now everything is kind of transparent. It's easy to communicate. It's it's amazing, yeah. and it actually gives us a tool that Ukraine been missing a century ago during uh, or after declaration of its independence in nineteen yeah. eighteen. Uh, yes, and it, it definitely a Ukrainian insurgent army was missing this tool, mm-hmm. and now we're able to do that. We are lucky in this perspective. Yes, uh, I guess the the da- only downside to that is is that it's a psyops, and uh, it's hard to know uh, if you're just tuning into um, the media or uh, getting your information on social media uh, reports. Um, it's just, of course, it's like that. It was like that even before uh, the advanced communications that we have now. It's hard to know what actually is happening just by uh, relying on official quote-unquote reports. And that's why the work that you do is so critical, because it also gives us a window into the realities on the ground of, of what's actually going on in this war, how it's affecting people, the people, not the politicians. Yeah, exactly. We, we are, uh, you know, we're helping Ukraine, and Ukraine is the people of Ukraine, first of all. Yes, it's not it's not the uh, corrupt politicians for sure any more than Canada is the corrupt politicians that we have as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, Ukraine. It's first of all uh, uh, is its people. Yeah, and it's a beautiful country. It's a big country, incredible resources, and they belong to the people, not to the politicians, and certainly not to foreign politicians. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, uh, I want just to uh, remind our listeners, uh, last time we spoke, Paulette, uh, I um, talked about uh, Ruslan from Kriwi Reef. Yes, yes. And I have a brief update. It w- a double amputee who's been held by Ukraine war amps within Adopt a Soldier program for years. Right, yeah. And uh, before 2014, he used to be a, a taxi driver. And in 2014, he found himself as a machine gunner, and he was wounded in Pisky, that's uh, a village near Donetsk airport. All right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I told the story, Ruslan, actually, w- what happened back then, uh, as an amputee, as a wounded, he received a piece of land from Ukrainian government. He sold that piece of land in 2022 when big invasion happened and bought a car to deliver food and necessities to the front line. And we've been helping Ruslan for all these years, especially last year. Uh, And last year we've been helping actually through or thanks to Ruslan, to our heroes on the front line and Ruslan uh, delivering uh, like Simple but important stuff like tea, coffee, mm-hmm. underwear, socks, uh, 
volunteers cooking, they buy meat and food and mm-hmm. cooking, mm-hmm. and Ruslan delivers all this food. And he does it four, six times a month. And uh, we collected uh, in April when we spoke, or May, we collected funds for Ruslan to deliver some food to the front line, but now his cargo uh, got broken because he's driving, it's actually, it's a lot of off-road uh, driving. Right. So we're looking for, we, we're kind of trying to fundraise about $400 to help Ruslan. And I just wanted to follow up with our listeners on that story and just bring some update on, on that situation. Right. So you need for, uh, he needs $400 to upgrade his vehicle or repair his vehicle. Yeah. And uh, he has to drive maybe 200, 300 kilometers one way. And you can imagine uh, the uh, situation with roads in well, that area. Yeah. And he, yeah, he'd be dodging mines left, right and center, literally. Yeah, yeah. There's always that yeah, danger so as well, yeah. Yeah, that's in the, in the continuation to our previous uh, talk, actually. Yeah. Well, so, today I have a slightly different subject. Okay. In uh, June 2015, Ukraine Amps announced a new program called I Care, And as uh, opposed to helping uh, wounded, we found that widows and families who lost their breadwinners need our support as well. Mm-hmm. And I care program took care of uh, families who, uh, who lost their, their daddies, loved husbands in a war. And within I care program, we went to help families and children of war and uh, widows and uh, parents of uh, Ukrainian fallen heroes. Mm-hmm. And uh, within that program, we helped kids, families who have kids. Kids mm-hmm. are grown up by now, and some of them, I send you a picture, some of mm-hmm. them actually defending Ukraine now as as the parents were in 2014-2015. So we actually very proud of the... Uh, we actually very proud to support those families. And those families keep playing an important role defending Ukraine, mm-hmm. the motherland. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted, specifically, I wanted to, to tell a story about uh, Oksana Lezebnik, our representative in Ukraine, who rescued or evacuated last year over 2,000 uh, <gasps> people. Oh, wow. Over 2,000 people. Wow. Uh, you know, I mentioned to you at some point, uh, in uh, 2021, in August, we uh, we marked the uh, anniversary of uh, Ukrainian uh, independence. Right. And uh, we called it uh, like a big event, uh, first Ukraine war amps, Shevchenko recitals when when kids were, they learned by heart uh, poems from Shevchenko and kids were from all over Ukraine. Oh, but, a, co- oh a, com- a competition of kids reciting Karashevchenko's yeah. um, yeah, poetry. Wow. Poetry, yeah. And the majority of kids were from Donbass, especially from Marinka mm. and uh, from Kiev. And uh, obviously, all these places in Donbass, they mostly occupied now. And uh, all these families, you could have seen on, on the videos and the pictures they sent, all these families, they, they would be under occupation if, if they survive at all. 
Yeah. And what happened to Oksana? She was uh, on February 24th, 2022. She was out of Ukraine and she received a call. She actually was on her way to Kiev and uh, she received a call that morning from her daughter that mom don't go anywhere and flights were canceled anyway. So she realized she with her suitcase found herself somewhere in remote hotel room. Uh, leaving kids in Kiev and, and family in Kiev. And uh, Oksana was our volunteer responsible for families and children in the Donbass region. So mm-hmm. she knew addresses, phone numbers, names, who is who, who is what and when and where. Oh, wow. And Oksana, Oksana is a very active person. She, she's, uh, she's not just volunteer by, by heart, by training. She is volunteer in full sense of the world. Her entire free time dedicated since 2014, dedicated to those families who suffered from the war. And uh, Ukraine WAMPs helped a lot to the kids through or thanks to Oksana. And uh, by the way, we spoke about Oksana a number of years ago, and some of your listeners actually helped Oksana a lot. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. So, yeah, Polina, I want to thank you and your listeners because you guys are part of this story that I want to talk about now. So mm-hmm. last year, Oksana found herself in some remote uh, out-of-Ukraine hotel room and she started uh, acting right away. She went to Ukrainian embassy in uh, Spain, I believe in Madrid. She knocked doors uh, at, at the Red Cross um, headquarters. And she found a way to bring families from the front line to Spain. Oh, wow. And uh, we help uh, whatever we, we could help financially. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oksana, uh, after, after she realized Red Cross can provide uh, places to live in Spain, she coordinated with volunteers in Ukraine and work started on getting people from Donbass region, mostly mom and kids, yeah? Mm-hmm. Men not allowed. Mm-hmm. So essentially mm-hmm. we're talking about uh, all the uh, elder people and uh, women with uh, children. Yeah. And, uh, and she started uh, getting them to Kiev and Lviv and from there by buses took to Spain. But the process was much more complicated because Oksana had to coordinate to find these people in Bakhmut, in Marinka, uh, tell him like one of the challenges, how you get these people out of Bakhmut and Marinka. And uh, a lot of uh, military volunteers who would uh, transport wounded from the front line to the cross, to, to the hospitals, uh, they would pick up kids and families in uh, in Donbass region, in those uh, villages and towns, and bring them to Dnipro. From there, Oksana would uh, buy them a train ticket to Kiev or Lviv, and uh, from there to Spain. But that's first mile in Donbass, how to get the people out of the fighting zone. That was uh, extremely, extremely hard and challenging. And a lot of tears, a lot of tears. Oh, for sure. A lot of grief. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, devastating, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, after first bus was organized, Oksana got uh, more volunteers, more people with money got involved. 
those who wanted to donate, who wanted to help. And that allowed Oksana to get bus after bus after bus. And in total, over 2,100 people been wow. evacuated from, from that region. Wow, wow. And, what, uh, what, what one person can do? A det- one determined person, wow. Yeah, and uh, just to be more specific, uh, we, um, for instance, uh, again, thanks to Oksana, her, her active stance on the matter for so many years, and we've been lucky to work with Oksana all this time. Uh, we've been helping two little girls. Two little girls survived in a, in a car when their parents from Bakhmut, back in 2014, they tried to evacuate they got into fire and uh, parents were killed in a car. Two oh. little girls survived. These two little girls have been supported by our communities uh, through all these years. Uh, they lived with their grandma back home. home. Yeah, back oh, there. Where? Bakhmut. Ba- ba- they went back to Bakhmut. Bakhmut. Ba- oh, yeah. wow. And uh, yeah, yeah. And now one of the challenges for Oksana was to find them. And moreover, grandma didn't want to move out. It's it's another thing, you know. People don't really, you know, that's your place, that's your apartment, that's your house. That's where you live your life. And where you're going to die, yeah. Well, uh, you know, your tomatoes, your dog, your cat, your neighbors, your store, that's what you used to your your stuff you used to wear, you know, what to go, yeah. etc. I mean, that's the way Ukrainians live, like, uh, for millennia. Yeah. And uh, it's not like overnight, it's next to impossible to change. Yeah. And, uh, well, it is, Oksana managed to convince the, uh, the grandma and grandma with two sisters. They are now big girls, maybe like around 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but back then, well, it's nine years old by yeah. now. Yeah, so how, they now big girls. How, how traumatizing for them, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Oksana managed to evacuate Sisters Kremesne, is the second name of the girls, and uh, they've been evacuated from Bakhmut in May 2022. It's essentially right before the fight for Bakhmut started. Wow. Yeah, so that's... Just one of the stories of uh, what uh, Oksana has been doing and what we all been uh, helping to Oksana for for years, and that's part of our ITR program run by Ukraine Voams. And again, Polina, you and your listeners and community took part in this ITR program as well. So you know we do it together, and together we are stronger. Indeed, indeed. I, I'm lost. I, I'm not usually lost for words, but I but I am now. I, I'm so touched by what you just said. And that incredible story of Oksana, the girls that she saved, and the many others that, that she saved. Yeah, so uh, so every person is, uh, is a story like that. So uh, I'm, I'm just telling about this story now because uh, the family is uh, mostly still in Spain. Mm-hmm. And uh, evacuation still happening, so we always uh, thankful if anyone would like to join this mission. And it doesn't matter; any amount um, it will help. Correct. Whatever you feel right. Yeah. Right. Whatever moves. We, we also do reporting. Yeah. So we report to each our donor. We report for yes every you, penny. 
every penny donated. You do. You amazing um, the job that you do, keeping in touch and uh, and express expressing gratitude and just keeping everybody updated as to how their money is spent. So very worthwhile to support Ukraine War Amps, and it's easy. UkraineWarAmps.ca or UkraineWarAmps at gmail.com, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can use uh, PayPal or e-transfer towards UkraineWarAmps at gmail.com. Right, okay. Well, thank you so much, Gene, for this additional insight, for keeping us uh, updated, and to look forward to talking to you again and uh, hearing more heartwarming stories. Thank you. That was my privilege. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. Okay. We'll talk again soon, Gene. Thanks. Another Montreal group, no longer together, of course, uh, they had their heyday back in the 70s and 80s and are now happily retired. And that was a patriotic Ukrainian song called When the Clouds Hide the Sun. Нагадую, ви слухаєте радіо програму «Наш голос» радіо українського коріння на радіостанції AM1320 CHMB у місті Ванкувері. На жаль, ми вже скінчили нашу програму, ще часто вдома і сказати до побачення. Але перед тим я хочу залишити вас такими словами мудростя. Дурневі дай волю, то він доведе тебе в неволю. And our proverb of the week translates as «Give freedom to a fool» and he will lead you into slavery. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. If you miss our on-air or live stream broadcast, you'll find our podcast at our website, www.nashholos.com. Well, our time is about up, so to take us to the end of our program, Sluhai from Winnipeg and Chervona Roja, also known as Malayamuja Piaka, I had a drunken husband. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich.
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.